This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. How does God work through the church despite its many imperfections? Stay tuned to learn more about Bishop Claude Alexander's new book, Becoming the Church. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. In sharing the realities of humanity, the Bible does not shy away from the way that people unjustly sin against each other. Today's Bible audio episode features themes of human suffering, like sexual trauma and violence, that may be inappropriate for small children and triggering to others. While presently there is mixed research about the benefit of trigger warnings, we wanted to make you aware of this content so that you can govern yourselves accordingly. Reaching out to a trusted support, journaling, using relaxation techniques, and to the extent that you can, exercising or moving your body are best practices. Ultimately, we pray that even in the most difficult portions of Scripture, you come to know that the God of all justice and compassion sees you. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is Presented by Inner Varsity Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. Zechariah chapter 12 through chapter 14. Chapter 12. The Repentance of Judah. This is an oracle, the Lord's message concerning Israel. The Lord, He who stretches out the heavens and lays the foundations of the earth, who forms the human spirit within a person, says, I am about to make Jerusalem a cup that brings dizziness to all the surrounding nations. Indeed, Judah will also be included when Jerusalem is besieged. Moreover, on that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy burden for all the nations, and all who try to carry it will be seriously injured. Yet all the peoples of the earth will be assembled against it. On that day, says the Lord, I will strike every horse with confusion and its rider with madness. I will pay close attention to the house of Judah, but will strike all the horses of the nations with blindness. Then the leaders of Judah will say to themselves, The inhabitants of Jerusalem are a means of strength to us through their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. On that day I will make the leaders of Judah like an igniter among sticks and a burning torch among sheaves, and they will burn up all the surrounding nations right and left. Then the people of Jerusalem will settle once more in their place, the city of Jerusalem. The Lord also will deliver the homes of Judah first, so that the splendor 
of the kingship of David and of the people of Jerusalem may not exceed that of Judah. On that day, the Lord himself will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the weakest among them will be like mighty David and the dynasty of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. So on that day, I will set out to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. I will pour out on the kingship of David and the population of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication so that they will look to me, the one they have pierced. They will lament for him as one laments for an only son, and there will be a bitter cry for him like the bitter cry for a firstborn. On that day, the lamentation in Jerusalem will be as great as the lamentation of Hadad Rimon in the plain of Megiddo. The land will mourn each clan by itself, the clan of the royal household of David by itself and their wives by themselves, the clan of the family of Nathan by itself and their wives by themselves, the clan of the descendants of Levi by itself and their wives by themselves, and the clan of the Shemites by itself and their wives by themselves, all the clans that remain, each separately with their wives. Chapter 13. The Refinement of Judah. In that day, there will be a fountain opened up for the dynasty of David and the people of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. And also on that day, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will remove the names of the idols from the land, and they will never again be remembered. Moreover, I will remove the prophets and the unclean spirit from the land. Then if anyone prophesies in spite of this, his father and mother to whom he was born will say to him, you cannot live, for you lie in the name of the Lord. Then his father and mother, to whom he was born, will run him through with a sword when he prophesies. Therefore, on that day, each prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies and will no longer wear the hairy garment of a prophet to deceive the people. Instead, he will say, I am no prophet. Indeed, I am a farmer, for a man has made me his indentured servant since my youth. Then someone will ask him, what are these wounds on your chest? And he will answer, Some that I receive in the house of my friends. Awake, sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my associate, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Strike the shepherd, that the flock may be scattered. I will turn my hand against the insignificant ones. It will happen in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds of the people in it will be cut off and die, but one-third will be left in it. Then I will bring the remaining third into the fire. I will refine them like silver is refined and will test them like gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer. I will say, these are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. Chapter 14, The Sovereignty of the Lord. A day of the Lord is about to come when your possessions will be divided as plunder in your midst. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to wage war. The city will be taken, its houses plundered, and the women raped. Then half of the city will go into exile, but the remainder of the people will not be taken away. Then the Lord will go to battle and fight against those nations, just as he fought battles in ancient days. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives that lies to the east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in half from east to west, leaving a great valley. Half the mountain will move northward, and the other half southward. Then you will escape through my mountain valley. For the valley of the mountains will extend to Azal. Indeed, you will flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come with all his holy ones with him. 
On that day, there will be no light. The sources of light in the heavens will congeal. It will happen in one day, a day known to the Lord. Not in the day or the night, but in the evening, there will be light. Moreover, on that day, living waters will flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. It will happen both in summer and in winter. The Lord will then be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be seen as one with a single name. All the land will change and become like the Rift Valley, from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be raised up and will stay in its own place, from the Benjamin Gate to the side of the first gate, and on to the corner gate, and from the Tower of Hananel to the royal wine presses. And people will settle there, and there will no longer be the threat of divine extermination. Jerusalem will dwell in security. But this will be the nature of the plague with which the Lord will strike all the nations that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will decay while they stand on their feet. Their eyes will rot away in their sockets, and their tongues will dissolve in their mouths. On that day, there will be great confusion from the Lord among them. They will seize each other and attack one another violently. Moreover, Judah will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations will be gathered up, gold, silver, and clothing in great abundance. This is the kind of plague that will devastate horses, mules, camels, donkeys, and all the other animals in those camps. Then all who survive from all the nations that came to attack Jerusalem will go up annually to worship the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies, and to observe the Feast of Shelters. But if any of the nations anywhere on earth refuse to go up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies, they will get no rain. If the Egyptians will not do so, they will get no rain. Instead, there will be the kind of plague that the Lord inflicts on any nations that do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Shelters. This will be the punishment of Egypt and all nations that do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Shelters. On that day, the bells of the horses will bear the inscription, Holy to the Lord. The cooking pots in the Lord's temple will be as holy as the bowls in front of the altar. Every cooking pot in Jerusalem and Judah will become holy in the sight of the Lord of heaven's armies so that all who offer sacrifices may come and use some of them to boil their sacrifices in them. On that day, there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of heaven's armies. Ezra chapter 6 verses 14 through 22. The elders of the Jews continued building and prospering, while at the same time Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo continued prophesying. They built and brought it to completion by the command of the God of Israel and by the command of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. They finished this temple on the third day of the month Adar, which is the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. The people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles observed the dedication of this temple of God with joy. For the dedication of this temple of God, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and 12 male goats for the sin of all Israel according to the number of the tribes of Israel. They appointed the priests by their divisions and the Levites by their divisions over the worship of God at Jerusalem, in accord with the book of Moses. The exiles observed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. The priests and the Levites had purified themselves, every last one, and they were all ceremonially pure. They sacrificed the Passover lamb for all the exiles, 
for their colleagues, the priests, and for themselves. The Israelites who were returning from the exile ate it, along with all those who had joined them in separating themselves from the uncleanness of the nations of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel. They observed the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with joy, for the Lord had given them joy and had changed the opinion of the king of Assyria towards them, so that he assisted them in the work of the temple of God, the God of Israel. New Testament reading, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, through Colossians chapter 2. Paul's Goal in Ministry And you were at one time strangers and enemies in your minds, as expressed through your evil deeds. But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you holy, without blemish, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain in the faith, established and firm, without shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has also been preached in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become its servant. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I fill up in my physical body for the sake of his body, the church, what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. I became a servant of the church according to the stewardship from God, given to me for you, in order to complete the word of God, that is, the mystery that has been kept hidden from ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known to them the glorious riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. Towards this goal I also labor, struggling according to his power, that powerfully works in me. Chapter 2 For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those in Laodicea, and for those who have not met me face to face. My goal is that their hearts, having been knit together in love, may be encouraged, and that they may have all the riches that assurance brings in their understanding of the knowledge of the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will deceive you through arguments that sound reasonable. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Warnings against the adoption of false philosophies. Therefore, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and firm in your faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Be careful not to allow anyone to captivate you through an empty, deceitful philosophy that is according to human traditions and the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form, and you have been filled in him, who is the head over every ruler in authority. In him you also were circumcised, not, however, with the circumcision performed by human hands, but by the removal of the fleshy body, that is, through the circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, you have also been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And even though you were dead in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he nevertheless made you alive with him, having forgiven all your transgressions, 
He has destroyed what was against us, a certificate of indebtedness expressed in decrees opposed to us. He has taken it away by nailing it to the cross, disarming the rulers and authorities. He has made a public disgrace of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you with respect to food or drink, or in the matter of a feast, new moon, or Sabbath days. These are only the shadow of the things to come, but the reality is Christ. Let no one who delights in false humility and the worship of angels pass judgment on you. That person goes on at great lengths about what he has supposedly seen, but he is puffed up with empty notions by his fleshly mind. He has not held fast to the head from whom the whole body, supported and knit together through its ligaments and sinews, grows with a growth that is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world, why do you submit to them as though you lived in the world? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use, founded as they are on human commands and teachings. Even though they have the appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and humility achieved by an unsparing treatment of the body, a wisdom with no true value, they in reality result in fleshly indulgence. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. And we thank you, O God, that in Jesus Christ, we can pray to you as our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. We thank you, O Lord, that we do not approach you as those who are your enemies or who are far off, but we approach you now as your beloved children. And we thank you, O God, for your word today. And we thank you, O Lord, for the relationship through Christ that we now have with you, Father. Thank you, O Lord, for your kindness and your compassion and your mercy towards us. Thank you, O Lord, for our justification and sanctification and one day, very soon, our glorification. We bless your holy name today because you are God and you are God all by yourself. We thank you, O Lord, that you have knit us into this redemptive story, that we indeed are monuments of your mercy, trophies of your triumphant grace and love, And we thank you for this, O Lord, mercy and kindness and compassion towards us individually, but a love that we can see throughout all creation. Thank you that you are the God of love. And God, we ask that right now, Lord, that you would guard our hearts and our minds from foolish controversies, from mythologies and lies and ideologies, Lord, that attempt to replace you or to deceive us, O God. We think now, O Lord, about some of the lies of our world today, lies that cause people to feel a sense of inferiority or superiority, O Lord. And I pray, O God, that you would set the captives free, those in bondage to the lies of things like white supremacy, those who are in bondage to to ideas and thoughts and ways of being that hurt and harm their neighbors, neighbors who you have called us, commanded us to love. Oh God, I pray right now by the power of the Spirit that you would search us, that you would search all of our hearts and all of our minds, O Lord, and that you would expose to us the ways in which 
we have found ourselves captive to ways of thinking and philosophies and ideologies that are not of you, that are lies, that lie about you, that lie about us, that lie about your creation, that lie about our neighbors, that even lie about our enemies, oh God. And I recognize that it is so attractive for us to believe lies that we already want to believe. I recognize that it is so common for us to ignore and to stop discerning things that feel good to us, that maybe justify our own sin or feel good to us when we have been harmed or hurt. But I pray, oh God, that we would have such a love for you, the God of truth, that we would seek after all forms of truth and thoughts and philosophy and politics and ideologies, oh God. But we can't do that in our own strength. We recognize that our brains are indeed limited. And God, we thank you for the humility that allows us to say that we too are easily deceived and fooled by the temptations of this world. And so we need you by the power of the Spirit, Lord Jesus, to stand guard over our hearts and mind, expose to us our temptations, help us to be people who love the truth, who seek after the truth, no matter who is saying it, oh God. Help us to speak and truth comes out. Help us to think and truth fills our thoughts. Grant to us, O Lord, more and more the mind of Christ and help us to resist the lies and temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil today, O God. Strengthen us and encourage us that we might be truth-filled people, O God. Help us to resist lies, even the ones that we secretly want to be true. And help us to continue to cling to you as the truth, the way, and the life. It is in your name that we pray and we seek you, O God. We seek you today to guide our steps, to order our steps, to help us to discern what is right, what is pure, what is good, and what is true. And help us to always stand firm on the side of righteousness and holiness for your name's sake. Amen. And amen. Many today have given up on church, but God has not and does not give up on the church. The church is God's idea. And once we truly understand what God has in mind for his people, we can become who he wants us to be. In his book, Becoming the Church, Bishop Claude Alexander shows how the original Christians did not always understand what the church was supposed to be, but God worked in them anyway to become the community that he intended. After the resurrection of Jesus, his followers were transformed from disillusion and doubt to become a people of conviction and new life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we too can be transformed by Jesus and model to the world what it means to know Him as the church. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off Becoming the Church, plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, The Word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth's Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you.
go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, so I'm to say